Hey, welcome back to WOVC in the morning. We've got blue skies and sunshine on the 405, but ooh, that rush hour traffic. Ooh, the traffic really, really, really sucks. Oh, but luckily the zoo crew's here to keep you company. We've got the party machine himself, Mr. Tequila, Jakey Tropila. Jake, how's your morning? Hey, hey, hey. Ah, Steve, talking the morning to you. We're doing well. Talking about the movies this afternoon. What's it good with you, oh nephew? Oh my god, can you believe this guy's having a baby soon? Yeah, that's right. It's the dad life for me. No more partying with my bitches. I'm off to become a First father. First one that he knows about, at least. Am I right, boys? <laughs> Don't oh. call me. <laughs> Back off, ladies. Also joining us, he's all the Irish with none of the luck, Jack Eason. Yes. <laughs> He's that big burst of energy we need every morning here for the zoo crew. And finally, uh, the love guru himself, uh, he helps you know the uh, right way to put a willy in a hoo-hoo. It's Adam Myros. Sorry, Dr. Adam Myros. Watch out, ladies. Ah, it's good to be back, baby. That's right. Any uh, any hot sex tips for our traffic jammed listeners before we move on? Well, I would fire up uh, one of our films here, Return to Blue Lagoon. That's sure to spice things up in the bedroom. That's boy, yeah. Especially if you got a race car bed. But we'll talk more about that later in the bedroom or in the nursery. Hey. I mean, we're going to be covering the big award show tonight, and I, I think everybody out in Tinseltown right now who's uh, honking their horn on the freeway, just just waiting, waiting to get home so they can tune in for the red carpet for the big award show. And, you know, a lot of strong contenders this year, a lot of multi-award nominees, but maybe none as strong a contender as... A little movie starring a hip-hop icon. He burst onto the scene last year with his hit song, Ice Ice Baby. And now, after a, a brief cameo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, one of my favorites from the last year, he came out strong with his own starring role, Vanilla Ice, in Cool as Ice. Guys, were you hot on Cool as Ice, or did it leave you feeling cold? It's a striking film. I, I'm, I'm glad it's we're a striking film to say the least. <laughs> I, I'm glad we're taking this time to celebrate what will surely be a, a timeless cultural icon, and uh, this film is a, a fitting tribute. Yeah, it, it really is. And you know, stylistically, I think you could say that there's never been anything like Cool as Ice. Can we think of it? It's a peerless film. Am I wrong? Well, well if you turn on MTV, you might see a few things that. Sure, uh, stylistically, yeah, I think I think Cool as Ice is uh, not necessarily unusual. It's just that it's it's an hour and thirty three minutes long. In that mm -hmm. style, is is novel to say the least. Mm -hmm. Well, and I I watch this movie and I say, you know, here's a director who seems to be deeply interested in music videos and softcore pornography, and wouldn't you know, David Kellogg. That's kind of his bread and butter, right? Like, it's exactly the sum of its parts. Uh, and it, it's also shot in a way, uh, shout out to the cinematographer here, in a way where every single scene is surprising in one way or another. Uh, 
It just, you know, it, I think it's a script that maybe doesn't have a lot going on. And it seems like they're like, well, let's just overcompensate with style to make something that's otherwise profoundly stupid seem a little bit more interesting. And it, it kind of does the trick because you're like, this, there's, maybe there's something else going on here. But then you kind of shake yourself out of it and you're like, no, this is like 50% rapping and 50% just like driving around on a motorcycle montage. I mean, it's, it's like it links the old and the new for me, the classic with the with the, the, the new thing the kids are into. Because, you know, I'm thinking of the old, the classic, the established, uh, Guns N' Roses, November Rain, classic, just from just from last year, was an amazing, you know, kind of, we all love it. Uh, mm -hmm. Amazing music video company that, when the Slash comes out, hits his guitar solo, helicopter spinning around camera you know kind of a big sweeping cinematic statement incredible stuff just like a movie really wasn't it i mean the the music video for for november rain it's like a music or like a movie in itself really amazing stuff and this mm -hmm. is kind of the same energy but this isn't classic rock this is hip-hop i think and it's uh mm. it's it's big it's i think this is I the thing you're right that i i'm hearing a lot of people are getting into a lot of the kids are are really celebrating this uh, it's like you talk but quickly uh, and it's it's really it's something i mean i'm not yeah. sure if it'll catch on i mean just look at mm. that guy's hair it's fucking ridiculous if we're being honest it mm. looks like an accident i uh i'm gonna have to argue the contrary i'd say uh cinema just got its hands replaced because this is the new wave of the future my good men uh we we're, we're talking about a, a cinematic maverick here and a young i believe he's just known as uh vanilla mm. ice which from my understanding was a drink but it's a man and he's got this film and yeah it looks striking i would say that's probably the best thing about it i don't have the the director of cinematography's name up the top of my head, I believe it's uh, uh, Janice Kabashak or something. But uh, that guy's going to go place as well, as well. But uh, yeah, this is uh, a, a, quite, a, quite, a, quite a startling, good-looking effort. And I'm happy to see that it's uh, nominated for such a prestigious awards as the ones that we're, we're celebrating today. interesting because, to my understanding, this, this musical form, this, this rhythmic kind of speaking thing, was big in the black community. But Vanilla oh, wow. Ice is not, he is not black, to no, my understanding. I, I, this has got to be hard for you, too, because there, hmm. there's no black people in Ireland, right? No, no, not currently. We, we've had some passing through, I believe, for the military, okay. but no. Oh, oh okay. <gasps> well, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of wild, because a lot of people would say that Vanilla Ice, at this point in his career, he's still kind of a newcomer, but he's, it's almost like oversaturation. We've, we've heard Ice Ice Baby on the radio. I'm playing it three times an hour on our morning show. You know, you've got the, the Vanilla Ice doll that was a huge hit during the Christmas shopping season. And, you know, it's, it's almost like there's too much of this guy. And what else does he have up his sleeve? You know, where's the hot new jam from Vanilla Ice? And I think he's just he's just going to make this transition over to cinema, right? Like this is he's clearly a talent because I mean what he's doing I wouldn't call it acting per se, but he's definitely on the screen doing something and I can't look away from it. What is this presence that he that he holds? Like it's it's almost like he's staring into my eyes and I'm I'm just like hypnotized by the the awkward white uh, baggy overall large motorcycle jacket man before me. W what is the power of Vanilla Ice here? 
I, I mean, I think he's just, it's clear, he's better than all of us, you know? You can have uh, the young, young, successful woman who's uh, doing well in school and liked by her family, and she's got the, uh, the clean-cut, preppy boyfriend, but uh, that guy's a chump compared to the heat, that vanilla ice. Again, this guy is like, he's nothing but all of these contradictories. He's bringing the heat, but he's mm-hmm. vanilla ice. How does, how, does, how does somebody like this operate? Uh, I think... You know, we've had some events uh, of the last year, some issues here out in L.A. and Jake's part, part of the part of the world, you know, and I think Vanilla Ice's superpower, probably what he's going to do yeah. is he unites the black and the white communities in America. Mm-hmm. He's the bridge yeah. over the troubled waters of <laughs> racial diversity in the United States. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think I think there's an incredible future ahead because he he is friends with black people in yeah. Cool as Ice. You see them sometimes. Mm-hmm. They, they show up yeah. now and then. He briefly. knows true. Yeah. He does, and he may know more. We don't know, possibly. But we he knows know. at least three, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of them's a woman. So, you know, very wow. a very diverse friend base. But he is, in turn, in a white suburban community, uh, wooing this lucky young woman who, who really is, uh, you know, she, she doesn't realize her boyfriend is, is less than adequate, frankly. But Vanilla Ice is there and he's interested in her and her pony uh, that he, he tries to kill her while she's on. I don't understand. Yeah. That. An interesting meet-cute, <laughs> yeah, certainly. Now, I, I was going to ask Myros about this because, you know, he is our relationship guru, Dr. Love himself. And there's a couple of points here that maybe I haven't tried as much out in the wild, you know, trying to impress women. Uh, But I want to know, from your perspective, is it advisable, if you see a woman riding a horse, to crash your motorcycle directly in front of her and have her thrown from the animal? I mean, do women like that? Is that like kind of a, a display of power? And then follow up question, do you think I should adopt into my one-liner repertoire the ditch the zero get with the hero line that he drops later in the film? Incredible uh, line. Steve, the, the common mistake that you're making is assuming that all women are alike. Uh, the question as to whether yeah. one should, in fact, uh, pull off this grand motorcycle stunt uh, to, with a horse-riding woman, it really depends on the woman. If, if it's a... Yeah. A straight Does she race. own a horse or not, right? Like, well, we yeah, don't know. She could just be visiting. I mean, most there? people do not own a horse. Uh, Jack, there's at least <clears throat> two. And, two, uh, yeah. And in this instance, we're, we're dealing with someone who, who you could describe as an opposite to uh, Vanilla Ice. You know, I guess this is a very mm. straight-laced suburban woman. And uh, opposites attract, as they say. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, you know, kind of, kind of dissecting the story here. I'm a little bit confused by what's going on. Things are a bit surreal in this film. Uh, I, I don't quite understand all the locations. It, it has a... You know that David Lynch guy who did Blue Velvet a few years back? It, it's almost reminiscent of that. There's a undercurrent, maybe some Twin Peaks here as well. It, it's a very unnerving town to be in. And from what I understand, Vanilla Ice is, is touring the country with his motorcycle pals, as you do, you know, it's an efficient way to, to tour with a, a hip-hop group. Yes, and it's an easy way to carry motorcycles, the I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably the easiest way. <laughs> One of their motorcycles breaks down, and it, they, it, they happen to be in this small town, and they happen to be within spitting distance 
of what I can only describe as Pee Wee's Playhouse, just kind of plopped down in the middle of this suburban street. And they also happen to be motorcycle mechanics, although maybe not. And so Vanilla Ice's relationship with the horse girl is able to blossom because the rest of his friends are stuck in this surreal funhouse full of two elderly people trying to fix a motorcycle. And then also there's a subplot about like corrupt police officers, right? That's everything. Well, it's very timely, you know, uh, what were the Rodney King issues? I'm, I'm glad mm, this yeah. film tackled that. Uh, I'm also glad to see Sidney Lassick getting this sort of awards caliber material once again. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what your issues are, Steve. This, this feels to me like uh, a vibrant, lived-in world. It's, it's truly vibrant, truly vibrant. And I also like how, you know, Vanilla Ice, whenever he's on screen, one of the things I really appreciate about, about him, and this is the cornerstone of acting in my book, he never stops moving. And you'll notice this. He's, he's constantly, he's shuffling around, he's dancing, he's swerving. The guy cannot sit still. And, I mean, is that, uh, you know, is it, is it cocaine? Is it coffee? Is it an acting technique? Is it all the above? We can't really say it's, at this is point. Is it gang symbols? I, I've wondered this. There's mm. much, the hand movements, I, I don't know. And I wonder, you know, is there a, a level of this film we're not understanding? That's interesting. Yeah. It's it's hard to tell, but uh, I mean, whatever wavelength he's on, man, I'm I'm hitching a ride. It's it's a fun fun time, and I, I haven't really seen the critical response to this film, and uh, I I can only imagine it was a smash hit at the box office. But in my book, two big thumbs up, big thumbs up. Oh, absolutely! How could you not? I mean, man, this film's it's just got everything. It's it's just it's a beautiful piece of work. Mm-hmm. It's it's a remarkable film. I say it's it's a. Uh... Certainly, it feels like the feature-length advert for Vanilla Ice. And, you know, that's a really remarkable thing to do, that, you know, there's such demand that they needed to, you know, tell the whole world in in a feature-length movie about this man who is not black. And that seems Mm -hmm. to be a core part of his marketing identity. And it's really impressive because, you know, you might think he was, but very quickly within the film you realize he is not. He has friends who are, but he is not. And mm-hmm. so eventually, you know, it brings those worlds together, the black and the white world, by having a vanilla ice be accepted. And I think that's wonderful um, yeah. into the white world that he's accepted into uh, with his jackets. And mm-hmm. that's a really, you know, it's it's a timely, positive message. I think more white people could be accepted into white society uh, despite having interests maybe outside of things that I, I understand and, you know, I'm aware of. Um, mm. And, you know, who knows what the next decade will hold? We, we, just, we just don't know. I truly don't know. And what I've been saying for a long time, and I, and I hope this comes to fruition, people always say, hey, Steve, you're a, a prominent figure in the world of entertainment and culture. How would you like to see cinema just kind of develop and evolve over the next, say, I don't know, 20 years or so. And I say, you know what, in the next two decades, I hope that movies, especially the big ones, you know, these these tentpole blockbusters, I hope they can just be commercials. You know, I, I want, I, I sell toys. I don't care what these things look like. 
just let me turn my brain off, let me be entertained, sell a couple toys, we'll just keep churning these things out, you know? And uh, how are we going to pay for these big movies? Well, uh, maybe we can get some kickbacks from the military. What are they doing, right? Like, you know? So, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think for you, Steve, the, the future looks bright. Oh, I hope so. I, I truly, truly hope so. Uh, well, you know, I, I feel like we've covered cool as ice as best we can here it's it's a great film it makes a lot of sense uh easy to follow easy to understand do you like dancing do you like motorcycles do you like cool guys well i got a, a movie that's cool as ice for you really shows off the montage technique too do, if you're a film professor all my ucla all my berkeley guys out there you listening huh show this to your film class it'll teach them a thing or two but, i certainly i certainly think steve that it might be instructive um, from a very controversial film that maybe made some people angry and maybe feel unwell, which I don't understand why you'd want to watch a film that would make you feel unwell. No. To compare the first five minutes of this film, the opening credits to the first five minutes of a film called Do the Right Thing, which came mm. out just uh, just recently and was frankly very abrasive, very, uh, I seem to suggest perhaps... Uh, intentions among people that were, don't exist, you know, a very, very troubling film, frankly, for me. Uh, you know, Vanilla Ice, I feel, maybe could have been, if you were in that universe, in that milieu, could have uh, fixed things up and really brought mm -hmm. people together and made people understand that it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Vanilla Ice is white. Yeah. You know, and, and if there was an alternate it's title true. for this movie, it could he probably be, you know, do the writer thing, because right. it's it, it really addresses the same issues and in such a better way, I think. So, yeah, just just something to chew on there, you know? Uh, you know, this is just a drive-time radio show. We're not trying to get political on you guys, but... I mean, it's I, in the movie, Steve, and we have movie. to address right. it. I mean, it would be we irresponsible do. not to, to look to these mm -hmm. things. And if there's, one pe if there's one thing that people think we are, it's, it's responsible, you know? Uh, so, I, I agree. I agree. But, hey, let's talk about another one of my favorites from this year, this past year. And uh, I like this one because I saw the title, and you know what I said to myself? I said, Are, is this a movie about our radio show? Because it's called Nothing But Trouble. You got Dan Aykroyd, hello. You got Chevy Chase. You got John Candy. You got this uh, you know, fresh-faced newcomer, Demi Moore. She's, she's a rising star. And boy, this is a comedic masterpiece for my money. Uh, what makes film funny? That's, that's a good question. And I've got three pillars, okay? These are my three pillars of comedy. If you're listening right now, write these down. All you young, budding screenwriters out there, the three pillars of comedy are, one, fat guy in a dress, okay? We're checking that box. Two, face with a penis on it. Checking that box. And three, Kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, and that's kind of the controversial one here. A lot of people are like, I don't know if that's funny. But trust me, trust me, it is. And Nothing But Trouble, that's what this movie is based on. It's based on my three pillars of comedy. And I know, you know, Dan Aykroyd, close personal friend. Uh, we're, we're similar people in a lot of ways. And I think, I think he took some of my advice for this one because it is uh, it's truly a masterpiece. And I'm glad that not only is it an original idea, but they just poured money into something this ridiculous because this is what the world needs more of. I mean, I'll say, Steve, I'm I'm really glad this film 
Dan Aykroyd, we loved him. We love him. He's been in Ghostbusters, Spies Like Us, Caddyshack. So just so many great movies. You know, fantastic. Saturday Night Live. It's been just been just a dependable, funny fella for so many years. And then, mm -hmm. well, I mean, he did well for his career, but that Driving Miss Daisy movie was a little bit, little oh, bit stuffy for me. A little yeah. bit, you know, a little no, bit. No thanks. Yeah. Exactly. Hundred <laughs> percent. Great to see this guy get behind the camera kind of thing you know makes me wonder what he could have done with driving miss daisy if he had a little mm. bit more you know a little bit more input into what that movie was about a little short on laughs if you ask me uh, yeah not this one this is uh yeah nothing but trouble it's it's nothing but laughs start to finish and in the middle too several are are in there as well uh hey so uh, that's jakey tequila you remember in ghostbusters when dan Aykroyd got that ghost beach <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Boy, do I wish I could have switched places with a character in a cinematic yeah. film, yeah, my Periscope good man. Yeah, Periscope down, am I right? But, uh, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Well, you know, I gotta say, I was a little worried uh, going into uh, Nothing But Trouble because I did read some of the reviews, which were not quite kind to that movie, and I was I was prepared for the worst. I was going and expecting it to be kind of like that uh, plane crash that happened at LaGuardia on that flight to Cleveland last week that killed 27 people. <laughs> that's a very but, uh, thankfully, specific nothing... reference you just made. <laughs> It was in the news, Steve. It's still what fresh in our minds. March twenty second is oh. just in the news. What do you? What do you? You know, I I can't get it out. We're uh, we're you know we're tapping yeah, in as we true. record. But uh, th there's there's a lot to appreciate in this wild film, and I think that Dan Aykroyd may be the new voice of a generation to not play it mm. safe. You know, I think we should take all money and just pour it into the wild, craziest contraption filled moving uh, mousetrap sequences that are uh, simultaneously brilliant and uh, disgusting. And uh, for that, I have to applaud yeah. him. And, and I, I like when a movie does that. I like when I'm looking at something and I go, I'm very impressed. And also, I kind of want to vomit. And boy, this movie has that. It, it's just nonstop, basically. There's a whole sequence where I feel like at least a third of the budget went towards creating an ornate... Uh, dinner table where a train comes out of it and then uh the train goes around the table serving everyone condiments for some disgusting gray hot dogs that they're all slurping down and wow. were they not bratwurst uh i think i think that was a local cuisine there's a, a sort of strong uh, yeah. germanic germanic culture to this but at the same time there's also uh you know i thought this was a great movie uh relatable we've all been driving around and cop on our ass honking his little siren, showing his light, saying we went a little fast. You know, we've got places to go. We're busy. You know, there's all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, can get a, you can get a computer that you can carry around now. What? Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. It's Unbelievable. incredible. These things, they, you know, technology is just doing incredible things. I don't have time to stop in the country because of speed limits. You know, this is crazy. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that's what happens. Uh, Chevy Chase, you're playing real uh, professional, uh, intelligent, accomplished man doing New York finance. That's, you know, that's where the finance is, is in New York. That's where they keep it. And he's, mm -hmm. he's writing letters or something. I don't know. I'm not a finance guy. I don't know. You know, I'm a simple guy. I'm on the radio. What do I know? You know, but he's doing this and he's trying to make good and just sending these guys. They just, they pull him over in the middle of nowhere. Next thing he knows, he's in front of a judge. The judge, he's just, he's an asshole. Steve, he looks stupid. 
And, you know, yeah. that's the thing. And I would think, you know, judges are stupid. When he wants my ex-wife, it's like half, what, half my income? What, like three kids? How much does that cost? I don't know. But it can't be that much. So, you know, it's it sucks. And I gotta, you know, it means I gotta keep a friend who, you know, owns a house that I live in, you know. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, it's interesting to me because... I thought the Soviet Union fell because uh, didn't we get these commies out of here? And yet, this seems to be a movie about, you know, a town full of these uh, disgusting monsters who don't like capitalism. And and Chevy Chase is, is presented as some sort of a, a bad guy just because he's got a lot of money and he likes to drive fast in a nice car. It's really odd to me. Uh, but... You know, th- this is kind of a, a reflection of what it was like in Soviet Russia. Everyone had a big, scary house. It was covered in dust. And if you commit any sort of minor crime, they will throw you in a machine that strips your flesh off of your bones. Right? Interesting. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Bone Stripper uh, should be nominated for the oh, award yeah. show. Because that I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. And that was... Uh, I'm going to come out and I'm going to say it. Those kids, those kids that get thrown into the bone stripper and get get stripped to the bone, I'd Mm. say they had it coming, frankly. You know, they didn't seem like good people to me. I know, I'd like to throw my kid in a bone stripper once a week or so. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, that's right. Uh, Well, you know, for me, I never thought that I'd like a stripper that wasn't wearing a G-string until I met Mr. Bone Stripper, and I'm like, (laughs) this is my speed. Hey, am I right? Now, Steve, I, I think yeah. you might you might be by reading this as an anti anti capital tome. I I think you might be really just misreading the intentions of of Dan Aykroyd. I, this is a complex film, and I think it is once again in direct dialogue with the Rodney King case. You know, the, oh wow, this is an allegory for discrimination. It, it's not just faced by African Americans in this country, but also by wealthy bankers. Mm. It's a yeah. film that is here to unite once again. And I tell you, by hardworking men too, Adam. I tell you something, Mike. That she won't leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. You know, if if there's one divide, like one gap, we really need to bridge. And I and I hope as we continue on through the '90s, we can find a way to do it. I just feel like all of these, uh, you know, these like blue collar guys, these factory workers, these coal miners. Why can't they just kind of cross the divide and shake hands with the successful, hardworking bankers? You know, it, it doesn't seem like a, a big ask to me. You know, I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, coal mining, like you hit a wall with a hammer. You, mm-hmm. like, how hard is that? You know, and there's a lift that goes right down there. You don't even have to make it down yourself. You know, yeah, these guys got it easy. Take the stairs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But hey, what do I mean? What do we know? Come on. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and I, I mentioned, too, in my Pillars of Comedy, you got to have a guy in a dress. And is there anything funnier than mute but horny John Candy in a sundress? Because that had me rolling the whole time. When when was John Candy in, in a dress? I remember there was a fine-looking lady in the latter half of the movie. Oh, she was, uh... wow. Let me just say that if a man wearing a dress is funny... Then nothing but trouble is a scream. Mm, is it ever? Let me tell you. Ah! That's how I felt watching it. <laughs> Just the whole time. Couldn't stop. Couldn't stop screaming. Uh... Yeah. yeah, just a lot of just... Ah! Ah! 
<laughs> what a good scream that we have on the board today. <laughs> Shout out to our producer for dropping that one in. It's incredible to think that horror and comedy can, can mesh like this. Uh, very, very unusual, very novel, uh, you know, yeah. and... It's... It is very novel. It's truly an unprecedented film. It's a, it's like it's 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 exciting as the time the space shuttle Atlantis Eleven launched the first Belgium into space oh, wow. last week. I mean, <laughs> last, can you believe we've ever yeah. seen such a, a thing of, in our lives? A lot of big things going on. That's for sure. You know, oh, like a Dutch guy in space is that like <laughs> the Belgian guy? <laughs> that's exactly. That's <laughs> it. That would, that would be this, that means it's uh it's a uh, French fries in space rather than some kind of a pancake or a stroop mm-hmm. waffle i believe yeah, would be go. what he would there bring to the to the international space station if we have one well can i just this say is... th- this film it just tantalizes me with the possibilities of, of what we have to look forward to the decades of of chevy chase leading roles where he really mm. brings the energy the decades nice of... guy seems like a real he straight does. shooter he does yeah i bet he's a good person He's he's the best. He's obviously the best, and he's funny. And just imagine what Dan Aykroyd's going to cook up next. I can't wait to see him back in the director's chair. We're going to get oh, so wow. many bizarre classics from his twisted mind. And and John Candy. Just think of how many years we have left of warm performances that from this general. That guy's not giant. going anywhere. He's nope. He's a he's just a, a he's a solid hunk of granite in the comedy world. Uh, just totally unmovable. Nothing could get this guy down. Yeah. I'm, uh, so seeing his films are just such a relief, kind of like that ceasefire in Somalia last oh, month. Boy. Ain't that the truth? I was like, oh man, when are they going to stop shooting at each other over there? <laughs> um, so uh, nothing but trouble. It, it, it really is a, a visceral, uh, twisted experience. And I don't think a movie like this has ever existed. I don't know if another movie like this will ever I- exist again. It is truly it, it just an overwhelming experience. It's one of those movies where, for me at least, whether you're laughing, whether you're horrified, whether you're annoyed, no matter what, you're kind of staring at it in awe of the spectacle in front of you, right? Like, this is, it, it's, it's unique, to say the least. Absolutely, well, and that and that Demi Moore broad, she's got she got a set on her, ain't she? <laughs> Does she ever? <laughs> Truly, I mean, I can watch her as well as I watched the hundredth episode of Cops last month. <laughs> can't can't stop staring. I mean, I don't know if she's ever going to have the career that Dan Aykroyd's going to have, but. Hopefully Demi Moore does a few things, you know. Well, it's, she's, it's not, she's not just another pretty face. Yeah, it's difficult for women out there because, you know, there's less kind of characters women can play. You know, they don't have that range. Um, and, you know, but she's, she's you know, she does some comedy. She does some straight pieces here. So, yeah, best of luck to her. Absolutely. Hope she finds mm-hmm. a nice guy. <laughs> well, you know, we, we've talked about these these comedic stars, these I mean, not just stars, mega stars, okay, with Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, and John Candy. But hey, what about an action star who's doing a little comedy for us, all right? And and that takes us to another one of the big hits from this past year. A lot of people in the United States said, no, no thanks, not me, I'm not going to this, even though I love Bruce Willis. But thankfully, 
the uh, broader global audience kind of kept this one afloat. It was a big hit in Europe, and that's why I think it's going to be a big winner this award show season because those uh, you know those stuffy guys at the award shows they love they love the European films. So let's talk about Hudson Hawk and. Uh, kind of a, a, a different role here for Bruce Willis. This sure ain't Die Hard, am I right? I got some concerns here, Steve. I'm glad we brought this up. I'm a little... Okay. You know, this film very lighthearted, very charming, very funny in places, certainly, but I do have concerns about uh, the Italian-American presentation of this film. Seems a little bit tone-deaf to me at times. Oh, you can't, you're talking you, about the Mario you, Brothers? You, Mario <laughs> Brothers. You can't keep spaghetti in a thermos. That's absurd. You can't do that. That's sick. No. Uh, you know, and how else you keep right, it warm? Well, I mean, you can't serve it. It's just the condensing, the moisture. It's it's improper, effectively. I'm not sure the Vatican uh, is portrayed here in a, in a particularly positive light. You know, I mean, we, we've had a lot of things going on recently. The Pope is a good guy. You know, tries to keep things straight. Uh, you know, and and it's it's yeah. just name I'm one concerned. bad thing the Catholic Church has ever done. No, I mean wait. outstanding. And you know what? If they, you know, they're the first to admit it. <laughs> When something, when they, you know, something goes wrong, if they've got mm -hmm. anyone doing something they don't like, first to admit it, first to apologize, first to make amends. Every time. That's the Catholic Church I know. Yep. That's the Catholic Church I love. Bunch the Italian-American community here played for fun a little bit, I think. Uh, a little concerned about that, because I know Bruce Willis is a German-American, if anything. Mm. Uh, you know, so maybe he should get in the nothing but trouble thing and maybe, you know, make some answers about why that guy's picking on Chevy Chase. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I will admit I did chuckle when the Pope took his Pope stick and was hitting the TV to try and get better reception. Because I'm like, you know, the Pope, he's always floating around in his little Pope mobile and he's kind of hands off. But that really humanized the Pope for me. Because, uh, yeah, it's like I do that all the time, you know, when the, when the rabbit ears aren't catching the signal the right way. And you just got to give it a little smack. That's what you do. You hit electronics when they don't work. Plus, he's very much, uh, you know, him and Danny Aiello are very much, I would say, a consummate New York guys, mm -hmm. you know? And New York is just a great big melting pot in American history. And, and so let's give the New Yorkers a break. I mean, earlier this year, they suffered transit fare increases from $1.15 oh, wow. to $1.25. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're going through a lot right now. Well, that's it. And yeah, you take a car and you time. get pulled over. Yeah, there's, there's no winning. And Aiello, I, you know, absolutely full respect to that guy. Great in this. Mm -hmm. He's He's great. And yeah. this is, you know, I, I've heard critics complain that this movie doesn't work because everybody's kind of operating at, a, at an 11 out of 10, which is fair. I mean, Bruce Willis, not only does he have the quips going here, but he's also, he's engaging in some real Looney Tunes physical comedy, uh, complete with goofy Foley effects. There's a lot going on there. Um, there's this whole like gang of candy bar named villains you've got kit kat and snickers and butterfinger uh kit kat of course being my favorite played by the stone-faced david caruso i uh, hope he's got a good career mm -hmm. ahead of him who literally turns his face into stone for one of mm -hmm. his disguises as a oh, statue yeah. oh yeah uh, sandra bernhardt is in this though and she's just completely off the walls bonkers, uh, just insane outfits to, to meet her manic energy. Richard E. Grant is just smiling and screaming and jumping on tables constantly. Everyone is just loud and, and kind of on top of you. Now, can you handle that for 90 plus minutes? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. I'm not you. 
But this is, to say the least, it's a bit of a roller coaster. And, and there's it no seems Mr. Drawing... Bonestripper, I'll tell you that. No, there's no Mr. Bonestripper. That is true. And there's there's no, I don't know, I think it struggles a little bit because it feels like a kid's movie, but I'm pretty sure it's rated R, <laughs> which is, it's a little, it's a little bit odd because it's a little bit Indiana Jones, a little bit James Bond. It has this cartoonish violence and these goofy villains that seem to appeal to children, but also it, it is an R-rated film. So maybe it's for adults with child brains like myself, you know, as I've been diagnosed by my doctors. And I, I feel like it, it does connect with me there, but I can see how it might grate on some people. That's a shame, because I'm thinking if it's an R-rated movie, I think Annie McDowell, uh, you know, holds back, I would say, a little bit in her, you know, outfits and attire. You know, and I certainly think that's always something, you know, you go to the movies, you pay your ticket price. I mean, you could pay up to $5 for one of those in a big city. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you deserve your money's worth, I don't, you know, there's just more this movie could have done for me, personally, I have to say on top of that, you know, representation, there's a little bit here about, you know, Wong's in the phone book, Wong numbers, a little bit, you know, there's some people in the Asian community apparently uh, have said some things about that, I don't know, I don't really listen to it that much, but I'm sure we'll have that cleared up by, you know, the next 20 years, I can't imagine anyone, next 30 years, no one's ever going to be complaining about Asian representation in a big movie like this, so, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting to, uh, you know, kind of see it all unfold here, but this, this movie certainly didn't feel like it had all the pieces to together for me uh you know so I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say if you think this is you know will there be hudson hawk 2 uh is it a real mm. film if there isn't i don't know you know it's it's interesting here you guys describe it because i think this is maybe the best film of the bunch here i and i would go so far as to say that it's a a secret comic masterpiece that its reputation is only going to go better as the uh, times roll on i mean Jack, you threw a lot of negative words at it, and you made it sound worse than that time that Boeing 707 from Sudan crashed oh, in wow. Athens. Jake, Jake I would never make light of that I, Boeing you know. disaster. That was, as you know, touched us all deeply here. All right, all right, fair point, fair point. But yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of brilliant little things going on in uh, Hudson Hawk. Yeah, I like the 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 MTV CIA as uh, James Coburn describes them, and they're all using their candy bars as identities and whatnot. And I like the uh, they they bring in this uh, like Nerf launcher gun in the finale as they're singing side by side. That's another great thing about uh, Aiello and Willis is that they got these great, these little quirks where they're timing everything they do to uh, songs that they sing, you know, without any sort of uh, caution for being stealthy or or uh, <laughs> secretive about what they're doing. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think this film is a blast and a half and uh, I certainly can't wait to see what uh, the Hudson Creed does that next. that Bruce Willis boy, he can sing. That's for sure. I used to really enjoy that Bruno album until my wife took it. Oh, wow. Women, they just, they can't appreciate some real, like, blue-eyed soul, you know? Some real blues music. Where'd she take well, it, it to? Well, it was in the car, and the, she took that. It was my, you know, I'm, it's, I did, at least I didn't rewind it. Save myself oh. a little bit of time there, but, you know. Mm. That's, that's about as tragic as Ross Perot's vice president did. Oh, wow. Did. Let's not cut that deep. <laughs> and you know i i will say this for bruce willis he he really knows how to pick his roles i, I think his agent is uh, doing great work uh always top notch mm -hmm. stuff uh i'm i'm oh, not yeah. personally a fan i i couldn't get into this film i i don't 
I, I'm a little sore about the Demi Moore, uh, you know, what she see in this guy. I, I don't really get it myself, you know. Yeah, it's, it seems kind of odd. I don't know. I, I'd say, you know, for me, Hudson Hawk is about as good as Bruce Willis's his hairline, you know? It, it, I'll, I'll tell you what she sees <laughs> in, in Bruce Willis. She sees million-dollar paychecks. You know mm. what half of a million dollars is, Adam? I'll tell you what it is. It's it's more than three. That's a lot of transit in New York. York. Absolutely. That's right. More than $300,000, I believe. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. She's got those dollar signs in her eyes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Hudson Hawk, I think it's one of those movies where if you saw it in, in the theater this past year and you said, I don't know, I don't know, I just want Bruce Willis to make more diehards. Well, maybe give it another watch. There could be something here for you. It's not for everyone, but it's for someone, damn it. And again, I, I think it could it could really clean up at the awards show tonight. We'll have to see. But, uh, you know... This next movie I want to talk about, again, a lot of nominations this year. And I think last year uh, it was a big winner as well. Uh, You know, Andrew Dice Clay, friend of the show here. Love having the Dice Man on anytime he comes out from the East Coast. And uh, last year he took the world by storm with the adventures of Ford Fairlane. And now he's like, well, let me combine my two loves, which is stand-up comedy and cinema, and I am going to give filmgoers a one-of-a-kind experience. And wouldn't you know, the man is keeping him down because this movie was actually banned from theaters across the country because the Dice Man, he's untamed, he's uncut, he's unbelievable in Dice Rules, an NC-17 film upon its release, just savaged by critics, totally underseen, And uh, boy, have you ever seen a movie where uh, the first 30 minutes pummel you more (laughs) than Dice Rules? It's uncompromising. You've got to really admire this. And I I don't forget his third love, by the way, Steve. Great rock music. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. 100% true. Absolutely. No, you know, this this movie, uh, you know, he's cinemas and their political correctness they're trying to push out visions from guys who are just they're not taking it anymore yeah. they're gonna say sorry how it is. tipper gore yeah get oh. with the program it's the 90s oh my god right this 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 you know film it's got a, you know it really cuts in i've heard you know people been talking about the environment they're talking about oh we need to fix this and that there's a hole in the ozone layer i i don't see it I don't know anyone who has seen this thing, you know? I don't look up generally. It's very bright yeah. up there. Who knows? Yeah, better call I've it heard... the nose zone. I've never seen the damn thing. What is it, invisible? Right. People are talking about this lead in the gasoline. They're saying it's causing brain damage. That lead's not good for you. Like, that's... You know, I've never felt better. Lead I'm, makes me stronger. 100%. You know how heavy lead is? 100%. How are you going to get places? I'm telling you, you know, people are getting dumber. You watch this movie. These people remember every word. Andrew Dice Clay's nursery rhymes. They repeat them back to him. You know, this is a population. This is America firing all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Totally. We, uh, we, we like to champion uh, exciting new things on this program, but some people just want familiarity. They want to go and they want to parrot back the lines that they already know to the performer that sang them. 
And as for unleaded gasoline, it can be very dangerous. I mean, this Jose Canseco fella rammed his Porsche into his wife Esther's BMW oh, wow. repeatedly. I mean, does does leaded gasoline make a man do such a thing? I don't know. That's we'll one of the scientists, you know. Although yeah. those guys, some of them are, they're trying to sell you things and this and that, you know. Can't trust them, frankly. Uh, no. Trust my car, though, yeah. if I still had it. Can't believe your damn wife took your eye rock, man. That's just oh, unforgivable. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, it's a tragedy. I-, I mentioned the opening 30 minutes of Dice Rules, and it really is something special. So let me paint a picture for you, because, again, this one was just really unavailable throughout most of the country to see in theaters. And I, I hope you can go down to your local video store and give this one a rental. But imagine, if you will... Jerry Lewis impersonating a baby, okay? And that's this Dice Man character. And it's sort of his, like, nerdy persona as he tells the story of how he became the Andrew Dice Clay, the Dice Man that we know today and love. And you're probably saying, well, well, how does he do it? So he's this, like, Jerry Lewis baby man. And Dice has always said, he said, you know what? I, uh, I don't discriminate with my comedy, I'm an equal opportunity person when it comes to, to you know, dunking on people and 100%. hating on them. He doesn't care what disability you have. Oh, All yeah, of them. He'll so, talk about anyone with a disability or if they're a woman. Mm-hmm. So basically, he, he just kind of goes down the line here. So he, uh, he does his baby voice, and then he's assaulted by a fat woman, uh, a Jewish guy, a skinny Italian, mm-hmm. an mm-hmm. Indian man. Uh, a, a black guy, and then a fat Italian. So that, I mean, that covers everything, right? And if yeah. you're asking yourself... He's got these little as- asides. Oh, I, oh, I was just going to say, like, you, you would think, like, oh, so that all these things kind of build up on one another and they're all kind of related. And no, they're, they're basically isolated vignettes where the exact same thing happens, and it just happens, like, six different times. And it's just, he shows up, he's like, oh, I'm a baby! And then whoever it is, you know, they just kind of do a typical, you know, stereotypical version of whatever one-dimensional racial caricature they're meant to be. And then they they whack them over the head with a frying pan, and then we just move to the next one, right? Well, it's a cinematic technique known as repetition, you know. It it, it helps to build the narrative. And, And in this narrative, what we're seeing is the birth of the Dice Man. As the time was, he was a beta cuck just like you, and then now he's, oh, yeah. uh, all it took was a, a bold choice to purchase a fine leather jacket, and you too could be a man like that. I tell you, mm-hmm. I've been looking into these leather jackets because I've been seeing what Vanilla Ice has been doing with his, and this Dice guy, he's really, he's a little letting it rip. Seems like it's a life-changing design choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two kinds of men in this world. There's, I mean, there's three, really. There's ice, there's dice, and there's beta cucks. And you got to choose. Which one are you going to be? Ain't that the truth. That's right. And only one of them teaches you how to eat ass like oh, Richard Nixon. Oh, that's right. I am not a crook. What a great moment in, in comedic history. Because after this first 30 minutes of Jerry Lewis baby impersonation, we get the final hour of Dice Rules, which is just the stand-up show that he did, back-to-back nights, sold out Madison Square Garden. And boy, uh, what a what a tour de force we get here. Because, you know, everybody loves when he does the nursery rhymes, but dirty. So he does the Little Miss Muppet 
eats my butthole uh, gag. Uh, he also does outside of his usual material that everyone in the crowd is just shouting at him and then he repeats and, and they kind of shout out the answer. It's, it's like watching, you go to a concert and they play the hit song and everybody in the audience is just singing louder than the band itself. Everybody likes when that happens. But really, we get to see a different side of the Dice Man here. Um, he says he likes Bush, and I'm not talking the president. Uh, is, is he one of those feminists? Maybe. He's a guy who preaches self-care. He talks about jerking off all the time. Uh, he also says he's a one-stroke-and-done guy when it comes to having sex and jerking off. He's efficient and relatable. Uh, yeah, so really, I, I just I just think there's there's a whole new side of Andrew Dice Clay. And this is another guy where I see, I mean, where how, how much higher could his star get? How much brighter could he shine throughout the 1990s? And the sky's truly the limit. I mean, this guy loves women quite a bit, oh. it seems, and more so than the U.S. government, who just urged doctors to stop using silicone breast implants oh, wow. on their patients. That's unbelievable. That's yeah, uh, I bet Dice has a few things to say about I, that. I, I reckon our finest scientists at Playboy better get in there and show them the results of their research. <laughs> I gotta say, as our resident relationship advisor, I, I think this is one to watch. I, I think Dice has a lot of trenchant insight into the male-female dynamic in America. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he told, you know, the one and done. And it's like, I mean, maybe you don't even need the one. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of football on TV. Yeah, and I it's mean, true. sometimes you just got to tell your partner to shut the fuck up, you know? That, yeah, you, that, you know, who has time for this? Who has time for that? And then kids... Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, this—it's just—it's crazy. It's difficult out there. Uh, you know, I don't think one of the one of the great comic elements. I think one of the things we all love about Andrew Dice Clay is uh, his sections where he just kind of invents a person and then he just swears at them for yeah five six minutes on just and he says the wildest things to this person he invented. Uh, you know, incredibly funny. A lot of uh, F words and S words and other words I couldn't even begin to spell. Uh, mm. But really, you know, he's he's letting loose. He's, he's a man who, who's not going to take it anymore. Yeah, a lot of people would say that this isn't comedy, you know? They'd be like, well, it's not funny. And also, none of these follow any kind of traditional or recognized format for a joke. It's just sort of like... You know, uh, why do Asian people have squinty eyes? They always look like they're taking a shit. I believe that's that's a verbatim quote. It's, it's uh, interesting. People wear the punchlines, but Andrew Dice Clay never stops punching down. Like, that's no, what he's he, doing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. He's, uh, he's truly, he's just, he's just beating everyone below him into a bloody pulp. Nobody punches down like this guy, and that is really why he shines. The well, audience I, love us. They, oh, they love it yeah. too. They're just they're just hooting and hollering. They're braying like mules, man. There's there's nothing more exciting than you know uh, just watching people. I'll tell at you, the Andrew Dice Clay I'll concert. tell you, Steve. Seeing that crowd all fired up makes me excited about the future. Yeah, future yeah. of America. What yeah. we'll accomplish. I where mean, we'll go. What we'll do. It's true, Jack. Mm -hmm. there, there have been some Amazing. problems in LA that we we documented here, but uh, you know this is this is New York, baby. This is America at its highest peak and there will never be mm. a reckoning you no you know uh we're doing something right as a as a country when multiple nights at madison square garden have packed the auditorium to watch a man 
wrap his hand around his head to smoke yeah. a cigarette. Truly the that's, sign of our times. That's called peak culture right there. Uh, and, and, you know, he's, he's a guy who interacts with his audience, too. I, I mentioned how they just yell out the jokes at him instead of, like, letting him do the jokes, which is great. And also, he does good crowd work. Like, there was a, a woman in the front row, and he just and he, he screamed about her tits for, like, three and a half minutes. I tell and, you, that was uh, the highlight of her night. Oh, no doubt yeah. about it. <laughs> Huge. Highlight Huge. of she'll, her night. She'll never and forget you know, that. And when he takes on the little people, and, you know, frankly, I think they're, they've had it easy too long, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's about, it's about time that they didn't have a leg up in society. Am I right? Absolutely. Gotta cut, cut them down to size. Mm-hmm. Little people, Asian people, people have been coasting. People who, you know, have mm-hmm. a little bit too, you know, I, I feel like people come after me for all kinds of things I say and do and sleep with. But, no, you know, it's it's time someone came after someone else. So I yeah. think 100%. Dice man rules. Yeah. The, di- the dice man most certainly does rule. And, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would tell you some of my favorite jokes from this, but I guess there's just so many... Uh, who who could even begin to think of well, one you, good who, joke? Who's ever heard of an NC-17 radio show? No one would tune in for no, something like that. Oh, too yeah. controversial for the airwaves. Way too controversial. Come on. You'd have to invent some other way of delivering audio content to people where they could just, like, pick it up, some some kind of, like, magic cloud in the sky with information. Oh, and it'll be absolutely <laughs> not happening. Somebody's been uh, watching too much Star Trek. we got a nerd alert going on here. Anyways, we've got one more movie from the big award show tonight that we need to discuss. And uh, boy, howdy, I don't know if this one's for me. You know, around here at the radio station, we're, we're just a, we're a bunch of guys, guys, you know? We like, uh, we like cool guy stuff. We like ladies, you know? We like a little romance when it's cool and it's sexy. But uh, I don't know if this one hits the right spot for me. And it's actually a sequel of sorts to another movie I didn't really like. Do you guys remember The Blue Lagoon from a decade ago? Well, I remember those congressional inquiries. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, for some reason they decided to do a sequel, which is essentially just a remake. Uh, and if you haven't seen the movie, God, I feel like they've made this movie three other times, too. But uh, it's about these two kids who are related... And then they get marooned on an island, and then they have sex, and get pregnant, and it's weird. And that's the movie. And for some reason, they're like, we gotta keep making this. Well, first off, Steve, you you keep going if you got more to say. All I want to say is, I I wasn't a big fan of this, and I'm willing to hear any sort of dissenting opinion, but in my mind... I think we should use this as a bit of a like a litmus test. And if you talk to someone and they're like, I love the Blue Lagoon or I love Return to the Blue Lagoon, I feel like they should not be allowed to live within 100 yards of a school zone. That's all I'm saying. Well, that, Go we, ahead, though. Let, 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 let's just put it this way. First thing, I want to alleviate anyone's concerns. You know, you've seen the Blue Lagoon back in 1980, and you're wondering, this. you know, we're, we're, we're well on from that. Brooke Shields, she must be too old for this. Don't worry. She's not in this movie at all. No way. No, they found yeah, someone new. She's too old new. to be naked now. Too old. 100%. No, they found a new 15-year-old for this movie. Her name is Mila Jovovic. And she's, she's incredible. Marvelous. 
great future for her. And I'll tell you something about 15 year old girls, what they don't have, what they don't have is dreams and aspirations that mean they want to take the kids, they want to move in with the doctor, and they want to keep your car. They don't have that. 15 year olds want to hang out and have fun. This movie is mm -hmm. kind of about that, except that they're on a deserted island where you can't really hang out and have fun because there's all kinds of things going on. Really interesting film from that level. You know, what do kids get up to if they don't have the Nintendo? And apparently what mm. they do is they, uh, you know, they, they throw spears at fish and uh, they, I, I don't know, I fell asleep for a portion of this one. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a movie that washes over you and, and I also fell asleep in the theater watching this one and I was I was jostled awake, uh, only to be disgusted by what was on my screen. So uh, it, it's kind of a hard one. You no, know? I don't know. We I talked about Steve. I think you're you're too you're constrained by the cultural norms of uh, the Western patriarchy here. I I think oh. as you know, people like to throw around the word pedophile. This is a sexually mature individual. I mean, people enjoy what they enjoy. We shouldn't throw stones. I think you, you yeah. might She's find. a working model. Yeah. How could mm. it be wrong? She's on fashion magazines. People want to look at this girl. I feel like this is a great movie if, it, you know, if you watched... Do you remember that, that movie Bolero from a few years back? Who doesn't remember Bolero? That, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, who, a could for, huge, who could forget that chestnut? Hit. And if you're saying to yourself, man, I love Bolero. Bolero, that's me. That's who I am. I'm a Bolero guy. If you're a Bolero guy... Oh, you want to return to this blue lagoon, trust me. I think what you'll find is is there's a, a yeah. deep-seated uh, interest in Western culture in uh, mating with one's sibling. And, and these films really tap into that. Uh, mm. it's, a, it's a primal thing, Steve. It, you, you just you have to understand that. And you know who agrees with me? Luke Besson named this his favorite film of the year. That's <laughs> incredible. No, I mean, well, I think this is... Wow. First, I can't oh. wait to see what he does next. <laughs> These films, they, they're, they're controversial. The Blue Lagoon, we mentioned the Congress. They pulled the people who made this movie in, and they were all like, oh, is this wrong, having a naked 14-year-old girl? Mm. And set the record straight and said, no, my mom signed a form. This is fine. 100%. Yeah. That's how that works. You know, if it's good enough for your mom, good enough for anyone yeah. who could complain. It's not child exploitation if your mom signs a contract. They paid We her. know that. It's this the is law. A, no, I mean, this Brooke Shields broad it made more... law. And are there any laws on uncharted mm -hmm. laws? That's a great question. Something yeah. to consider. 100%. You know, and you, yeah. you got to wonder about this. I mean, I think this film is a really interesting exploration about, like, I, I was watching, I was thinking to myself, what would happen if I happened to be trapped on a desert island with a very, very pretty teenager? And I think ultimately she'd probably, you know, probably just give in eventually, you know? Oh, especially if she was your sister or your cousin. Yeah. Sure, I'm yeah. glad they made that distinction because, you know... A lot of people say Return of the Blue Lagoon, it's it's pretty much an exact remake because they just plop down two different teenagers in uh, literally the exact same island. It's it's the same. And the same thing happens where the one adult figure in their life passes away and then they're left and then they bang and then they, they find the cannibal altar and all this stuff. It's it's the same it's the same movie, basically. But the one distinction that people aren't making is in the Blue Lagoon nineteen eighty, uh, the two children having sex were cousins and in return to the blue lagoon they are merely uh stepbrother and stepsister so as step siblings it's yeah. it's a different thing when they when they you know when one of them impregnates the other 
Yeah, are are they even technically step siblings? It's just kind of a daughter of one mother, mm. and then the kid just is kind of thrust yeah, into the she family. Yeah, she's a like part of it. It's not not really any marriage. Yeah, she's happening. like, oh, I I consider you my child. It's like, well, okay, but what, what yeah. the courts well, say, lady? I'll Come tell on. you, I'll tell you. I mean, it's God's law at that point. You know, mm. there's no there's no man's law marriage mm-hmm. or or this or that it's the law of survival God, and they're on that island and they got you know they've got to do things to survive and you know i think there's there's an incredible scene in this movie where little girl is not the main actress it's when she's played younger it's a little girl and they they just explain to her about how someday someone's going to put a baby in her and i'll tell you mm. something if you if you don't if you don't feel something the pit of your stomach during that scene you're not human that's right I, yeah. I certainly felt something. I had a, uh, <laughs> I had I had an interesting experience watching this. I wanted to kind of shake up my viewing habits, and uh, for the small sum of fifteen hundred dollars, I watched this on my brand new AT and T video oh, wow. telephone. And guys, yeah, on a two inch by two inch screen. And regardless of what you say of the quality of this film, I think this is the the way the future is going to go when it comes to watching content. I think people are going to have phones that could probably fit in their pockets. And they're going to be able to watch feature-length films. I don't know about this idea. On them, I don't know this notice. idea about a video on my phone because the person who keeps it's, calling me, I don't want to see her ever again. Mm. And, and, and why? <laughs> why would I want a video screen on my phone? I mean, I'm either I'm either taking my girl out to the movie theater, you know, we'll get a little popcorn, a little soda, have a little night out, or I'm sitting at home with my 60-inch rear projector screen TV with the wood grain bottom to it. Oh. Really ties the room together. Let me tell you, and how how could you beat a rear projection screen TV like that? Come on, doesn't get any better. Doesn't get any better. You, you can't. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get any better. Does not also get any worse than that time that F sixteen jet crashed oh. in the Netherlands. But fortunately, wow. nobody died. I can't believe it. It, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. I I just <laughs> want to conclude on this this classic film by saying, it it just it's challenging you. To challenge yourself, to to think about to stay awake, to think about what the society is bringing out in you. Is it the best? Is it the worst? Should we be following these norms, avoiding things like pedophilia and incest, or should we just embrace them? Embrace our nature. That's where the true happiness lies. It's it's clear in the narrative if you just look, Steve. I mean, <laughs> we've seen what Western society has wrought. We 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 see Rodney King. We see it. Every day, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, when 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 you, know, I mean, I think absolutely. You're talking about this thing. You know, people, you know, talk about is she too young? Is she old enough? But I mean, these guys are the director of this movie. He's he's no spring chicken. He's asking these questions. He's brave enough to to question that. He's brave enough to bring a camera and you know film it, bring in mm-hmm. that actress and make you know make her take her top off and then film her just from behind, but from the side enough that you you know you definitely you know. He's not, you know, he's 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 getting the job done there, and he's asking questions, and you know, it's up to you to decide whether or not you're brave enough to be honest with yourself about those questions, and that mm-hmm. I think really makes this a, a really stirring work of art, and I think maybe uh, if I could stay awake through it, maybe uh, did they get off the island? I don't, I don't know. No, Jack. They reject the ways of society. They, they, uh, the they island stay. is pure. Yeah. The island. Oh. Is... That's the destination. An interesting thing about the island, too, is that it's still, you know, I mean, it's it's a paradise, but paradise isn't perfect. I think it's interesting how they note that, like, there's a neighborhood near them, 
and it's got a lot of uh, people who are to eat each other. Very unsavory people. We don't like them. Mm. We don't want them anything mm -hmm. to do with them. But they're no, no. there. No cannibalism. That's where we draw the line. Absolutely. No, you don't want to do that. There's only two. You can't eat each other. Then what would you do? Who would you talk to? You know? And it's interesting. It's like, he's this wonderful place. And then, you know, right next in their backyard, you almost say there's this other group of people. And it's very disturbing. Makes me, yeah. you know, question where, you know, where we're going. And uh, whether or not the cops need a little bit more funding to keep, you know, keep a, a good line between, you know, Different neighborhoods, different places, keep everything in order, keep us safe, mm -hmm. See, you I, know, safety. I, I gotta say, yeah. I had a completely different read on these cannibals. I mean, th this... Interesting. This is just yet another subversion of societal norms. These cannibals aren't yeah. causing any trouble for our protagonists. Uh, you know, Richard even kind of walks among them. The, the, you know, he doesn't judge them for their consumption of human flesh. It's just everyone is living united and accepting all of our choices, and it's just wonderful. I don't, I don't remember well, if it's in this movie or the other one where there is some cannibal on cannibal violence. I believe that must be in a different film, because not the one I saw. That this one is just warmth. Uh, that beauty. might be yeah. in the first in the original Blue Lagoon. I tell you, I've fired up a VHS of that sucker. Uh, keep it on the shelf. Always keep it nearby. Hmm. Yeah. I, I tell you, I want to go back to the film's ending and the notion of choice, because in the previous film... They get off the island. It's these two shipwrecked children who grow up, come of age. They have a child. They leave. We find in between films they had passed, but their baby lived on, and the baby becomes one of the central protagonists of the new film. At the end of this film, they do meet again with society, members of society, essentially, but understand that uh, all men do is corrupt and pollute, and so they decide to remain on their island paradise for the end of time and that just goes you know goes to show in, in light of modern events in the world you have a choice to do things and you know it's up to you the viewer to make that choice would you rather uh, vote to end apartheid or would you rather orchestrate an islamic jihad car bombing in buenos aires and kill 29 yeah. people that's, the choice is it. yours yeah, it's one or the other that's how it works and yeah i i don't know it's it's hard for me because i i do kind of feel like you know, maybe the Blue Lagoon would benefit from some boys in blue, you know, a, a thin blue line, if you will, because ultimately, I think the only thing that mm. could make it better is if they were to just completely get rid of all those cannibals, just one by one, take them out. And, uh, you know, with, with an adequate, uh, a well-funded police force, that I bet they could do that, you know, just kind of uh colonized if you will this Steve, island and then Steve, really make it a paradise. This. Absolutely, cuz I mean, they've built a nice home. You know, they might want to expand on that home. They want to, mm -hmm. might want to, you know, spread their legs. They're the work of their labor, fruit of their labor, cutting down those trees, wrapping stuff around, making little nets and things. You know, it's these guys next door. Just what are they doing with their lives? I don't yeah. know. Just, we don't Just because they've been there longer, but I mean, they're not doing anything with it. So, <laughs> come on. Can't be uh, the only island they could live on, I'll tell you yeah, that much. Yeah, there's plenty. Why don't they just go to a different one? This is the Blue Lagoon. It's been, we claimed it, okay? We, we stuck our little flag down and we said this one's ours. So, oh well. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, just an incredible slate of films for the big award show tonight. And boy, we are just, we're just glad to be here and uh, hope your drive time has been great. And boys, you know, b before we hit our commercial break, I just want to know, uh, is there anything, uh, you know, some a recent movie or some music or something that you want to uh, give our, our listeners kind of an inside track on and really recommend to them 
Dr. Myros, do you, do you have anything you'd recommend? You know, I'm going to I'm going to push my favorite film of the year uh, regarding Henry. I think it's a, it's, mm. it's one more film that's really takes on new meaning in light of the Rodney King. Uh but this is this is a film about a man overcoming violence and and making himself a better man despite his limitations. Uh you seek this one out regarding Henry. Uh Harrison Ford is his most uh, dynamic and sensitive performance. Hmm. Jack, how about you? You know, I, I, I've been banging this drum a long time now, Steve. I'm going to put over nothing, nothing less than Ronald Reagan. Now, I know our boy Bush, he's doing a good job. He's doing a fair job. But that Reagan, he's sharp as a tack. And just because he had two terms as president, I don't, I don't think that should stop him. He's getting the job done. He was doing great work. Third term, fourth term, fifth term. I think it will be great for America. So I say, yeah. so I'm putting over Ronald Reagan, took down the USSR, think what else he could destroy. Oh, totally, totally. And uh, I mean, let me tell you, this is a guy who, you know, he, he's clearly got all his faculties about him, right? Like he's sharp as a tack. Let's just keep him, keep him rolling. You know, just give him as if many. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's what oh, I say. That's right. That's right. Uh, Jake, how about you? Anything you putting over this week? You know, it's funny. You mentioned music. I've still got to catch up on those two Springsteen albums that Columbia released this week. Um, but uh, speaking of two, I'm going to celebrate the two-year anniversary of another film that took home awards, prizes. Uh, I'm just going to put over Driving Miss mm. Daisy. Uh, no more, no, no further comments needed, Your Honor. Wow. Great, great choices all around. And I think if there's one thing I need to recommend to our listeners before we hit our commercial break for today... It's the Vanilla Ice album, Extremely Live. And I'm, I know if you're like me, you're just riding high off the energy of Cool as Ice. And you probably said, I, I got to have more. Where I need more ice. I need more ice. And Vanilla Ice was kind enough to give you a live album. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but he only put out one record. What's going to be on a live album? And it is, it's that, it's that whole record that you already have, but like in a live setting. So what that translates to is all of these like musical interludes where you just hear crowd noise. And then there's parts where he's clearly just like dancing on stage probably, and the, but no one's talking. So it's kind of, it's kind of odd to listen to. So uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to Vanilla Eyes is Extremely Live, it is, for my money, the best album released in 1991 what a trip. Uh, just can't get enough of it. So make sure you check that out. And hey, if you like WOVC, your source for uh, your morning drive time commute radio, please check out this thing. It's called Patreon. It's new. Uh, if, if you look at the description to this radio show, you'll find something about that. And boy, uh, if you make a donation to our station, you could get yourself a free movie in the mail. How about that? Uh, or be eligible for any number of prizes and perks. So make sure you check that out. And Jake, as always, before we break for commercial, the last word's yours. Well, I'd like to end with a recent quote from Wayne Gretzky. By the time you realize what your father was telling you is true, your own kids are telling you that you're wrong. 